You're listening to the South Metro Ministries podcast. Check us out online at southmetroministries.com. Now, let's join in on worship and the Word. Could you go with me to the New Testament? And that would be the book of Matthew. And that would be chapter 17 for our reading this morning. Thank you for braving the cold weather and coming out today. I'm an island boy. I was born in the islands. and I want to take a brief trip to thaw out after the service. I'll be back tomorrow. Thank you so much for your worship. I was checked by the Holy Spirit this week and I need to make a clarification and an apology. In my lesson last Sunday, I talked about prayer and fasting and the first theme on our mission statement, embracing people at the point of their need. And so I said that our ushers need to be more friendly and our greeters need to be more happy. And that sort of implied that they weren't already friendly and happy. And uh, no one came to me and nobody said, Pastor, you missed it. The Holy Ghost did. So thank you, ushers, for being friendly and happy. Keep it up. And for greeters being friendly and happy. Uh, I made some implications as if they, that they were not perhaps as involved in their passion and what they do. So for that, I apologize. And I'll try to keep more in the anointing and less in the flesh. Thanks to all of you who volunteer and serve. I want to continue with this theme of the power of prayer and fasting as we approach our time on Monday week called for prayer and fasting. And I want to refer to Matthew 17 and not only refer to it, but read it in your hearing. Follow with me as I do just that. Verse 14, and when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, meaning to Jesus, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic. That's today's definition of what the old King James calls it, a lunatic, meaning someone demon-possessed. He's an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear you up? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the child was cured from that very hour. Can you say amen? amen. But there's more. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So would you stretch your hands in my direction and offer a prayer for me that I would be continually anointed by the Lord and you would also as we go into his word let's pray for each other what a sweet anointing is already here Lord we continue the theme of worship in the presence of Jehovah pray church let the glory of God continue to shine off our faces and Lord let your breath of life 
be in our lungs and in our lives. May this word be, Lord, something that we can find uh, while it may be a little bit strong because it calls for discipline. May it be something that we find that we need and can obey. Father, I pray today that you would give us the capacity not to just hear the word, but to make a commitment to that word. We believe that your gifts and your anointing and your power is available to all of us. But we also believe there's a price to pay. And we're willing to pay it for the prize that will be ours. Thank you for leading us in Jesus' name. Amen. And thank you for being seated. Among the themes that Pastor Jeff mentioned on Monday evening in our men's effort and discipleship, we will continue our prayer time each Monday evening as another option. Each Monday evening at 7 o'clock, that will continue as a practice as we've done for years. Your Bible's open to Matthew 17. I, I trust you'll keep that open. I want to just go right into uh, this lesson that can be somewhat uh, uh, difficult to receive because it calls for uh, self-sacrifice. And yet I believe the power of it is such until whatever we sacrifice... By way of our flesh, God will make up for more times than we can count. I was tempted to title this message, Demons and Donuts. I may know if you're trying to diet that the demons can be in the donuts. But I will stick with this theme, the power of prayer with fasting. And I begin with these remarks. There are needs in your life and mine and in our church And in our culture, our nation, there are needs that are especially great. Obstacles that have a whole different dimension of difficulty about them than other obstacles. Some things require a specific breakthrough in the heavenlies. They are spiritual problems, spiritually discerned, and they require spiritual power to break them. Amen? Amen. Last week I spoke to you about Daniel. And I, I may allude again today about Daniel. And I told you that one of the fasts of the scriptures is this thing known as the Daniel fast. And how that Daniel was struggling so much in a foreign land, under foreign captivity, under a uh, a different culture and different uh, kind of structure of worship. And he wondered, when would he and his people be relieved from Babylonian captivity, which would take 70 years? And when would they be allowed to go back to their homeland of Israel and the center of worship, the city of Jerusalem and the temple of God? And Daniel said he set himself apart, that he would eat no meat, drink no wine, eat no delicate or delicacies to get an answer from God. And for 21 days... He did that. And an angel appeared to Daniel on the 21st day and said to him, You know, Daniel, the first day you prayed, 
God heard you. But it took 21 days for me to arrive here to tell you that. Because on my way down the first day to give you an answer when God sent me down, me being one of the higher ranking angels of the heavenlies, Satan released one of his higher ranking angels from the pit to fight against me on my way down to bring you your answer. And Daniel, it took 21 days for the answer to come. But because you kept praying and you kept fasting, because you denied your flesh, And you said, I will not do certain things to gratify my flesh because I'd rather have an answer from God and a relationship with God than meats and delicacies. And because you kept up your fast, God sent me reinforcements and I was able to defeat the angel of hell and come down and tell you, not only has God answered your prayers, but he has counted you worthy to be a leader in the kingdom and to help get the answer for the children of God. Somebody give the Lord thanks for spiritual warfare. Jesus said that there is a way to obtain the spiritual power for a breakthrough in our life. And that is the substance of my lesson today. Here's a theme of all that I'm about with you this morning. Godly prayer with fasting releases breakthrough spiritual power. Can you say amen by faith? When Jesus was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit to be tempted of the devil... He entered into a prolonged season of prayer and fasting. Forty days, the Bible says, he went without food. And Luke records this fast in the fourth chapter. And he says that after that time, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. That is not to imply that before Jesus went to fasting and prayer, that he didn't have the power and the Spirit. But Luke says there was a different dimension, breakthrough spiritual power, after Jesus isolated himself in prayer and fasting. Now, I need you to understand that Jesus was continually anointed of God since and before his baptism. But something was clearly released in a whole new dimension through that period of prayer and fasting. Otherwise, Luke would have never mentioned it as he does. Again, godly prayer with fasting releases breakthrough spiritual power. Now, Jesus knew this great value of fasting. And it seems as though that he developed a life of prayer and fasting. It's clear that he often fasted because this incident we read about in Matthew 17 this incident with a father who has a son that is demon possessed and the son's symptoms are so adverse until modern day definition likens it to the symptoms of an epileptic but it was more than just the symptoms of an epileptic It was the symptoms of a son possessed by a demon or demons. 
Because only a demon would cause somebody uncontrollably to throw themselves in a fire so that they can die. Only a demon would cause somebody to throw themselves uncontrollably in a lake or a river so that they could commit suicide. And this father had a boy who did not know how to help himself. And he, being a father, loved his son so passionately, but he himself did not know how to help his boy. But the Bible says, because of what we know of Jesus' life and his practice of prayer and fasting, that Jesus was ready for every occasion of life and ministry. Because Jesus developed a lifestyle of prayer and fasting, He was able on the occasion of the Father bringing the demon-possessed Son to Him. He was able to cast out the devil without any kind of delay. Would you say amen? amen? You remember the disciples were the first ones who were approached by this desperate Father. Jesus was away for a short time. He was on the Mount of Transfiguration as we now know it. He was with three of his other disciples and he was revealing his glory to these three close disciples. When he came off the mountain, he came onto this scene where this father quickly ran to him and said, Jesus, help me. My boy is, is sick and he's demon possessed and he's a lunatic and my, your disciples could couldn't help him. Could you help him? And the way, the way that Jesus could was only because he had practiced what he taught. Can I get another amen? amen? My brothers and sisters, it appears to me that in the modern church, spiritual passion seems to be politically incorrect. Some churches and pastors will imply that you don't have to fast to get answers from God. You don't have to pray to get answers from God. You don't have to get emotional and desperate in your behavior to get answers from God. And I want to remind you that the Bible says that we are in a warfare. Did anybody hear me? Otherwise, the apostle would have never said to us, put on the whole armor of God. If you know anything about warfare, and many of you do, you're quite more qualified to talk about it than I am. You'll know that soldiers are not set out on a battlefield with a lethargic, get-by-if-you-can attitude. Can I get an amen? Soldiers are set out on the field with training and discipline for every possibility. They are to be looking on their left and looking on their right and looking on the front and looking behind. They are to have a buddy system. Can somebody say amen? They are not to negotiate with the enemy and barter deals with the enemy. They are to put on their armor and fight whether it's politically correct or incorrect. I don't care what the world thinks about my passion for God. I am hungry. I am thirsty. There are answers that I cannot give you and you cannot give me. There are answers that will only come through the fire of the Holy Ghost and the Word of God. So if I yell or I cry or I get demonstrative, let me have my way with God because God will answer those who are passionate. 
Somebody else ought to praise the Lord. Yes. Yes, I stayed up to 1230 to watch Alabama beat Texas. And I'll stay up for my favorite ball team and I'll stay up and I'll get passionate about it. So don't come here telling me that I need to be discreet and mundane and not fast and not pray. The devil doesn't give me any breaks. He doesn't give me any slack. And I'm not about to give any place to the devil. So if I got to deny my flesh, if I got to crawl off in a bedroom somewhere and say to my wife or my children, don't you let me come out of here. Don't you give me my cell phone. Don't you give me any interruptions. I'm not leaving this place until heaven comes down and God touches my soul and I know an angel is on the way. Somebody help me praise the Lord. Spiritual passion, maybe, maybe politically incorrect, but I'm not here about being a Democrat, a Republican, or independent. I'm here about being a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm here to tell you that none of us have the kind of answers that we need on our own intellect and in our own resources. But Jesus said, if you'd seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, all these things shall be added to you. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus provided a pattern by which each of us as Christians should live our lives. And I observed this pattern, and I'm going to give it for your reference sake. Jesus said, as Christians, there are at least three disciplines we ought to practice all the time. He says, they are the disciplines of giving, praying, and fasting. It is in the Sermon of the Mount, chapter 6, Matthew. Jesus did not make it optional for a disciple, for somebody born again. He didn't specify these three disciplines to be only for the clergy or for the elders. He said about everybody who are born again in the kingdom that you ought always to pray and not to faint. He said about everybody that it's more blessed to give than to receive. And then he said about everybody when you fast. And I'm saying that to tell you that since God through his son Jesus, said giving and praying and fasting should be a normal practice in our lives, then I don't think it's up for debate. As a boy growing up in the islands, no one explained to me, but every week at the church there was a day of prayer and fasting. Uh, Much of that is still done in the islands and in in places like India and places like Africa. And it seems like the more uh, third world countries or, or developing nations practice that discipline more than uh, those of us who may have come to the place where the devil tells us we have arrived. And, and I grew up in my whole life understanding my, my father fasted every, at least once, Every week and other times, he and mom would do it. And so as I begin to grow in my faith, I begin to realize that, that if I'm going to be a better Christian, I've got to be a giver, a prayer, and a faster. Now, now please understand when I'm telling you that there is a certain power that comes with this beautiful thing of obedience to God. Solomon, when writing the books of wisdom for the people of Israel, he made a point 
that a cord or a rope braided with three strands is not easily broken. That's Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 12. Solomon says a threefold cord is not easily broken. Over the holidays, uh, we, we took a, a few days off and uh, I got up in, in, in a part of North Georgia and was staying there. And, and the driveway was kind of narrow and uh, one of the vehicles got off the driveway and into the side ditch. And it had rained and uh, so it became bogged down and uh, it stuck in the ditch. And uh, so we were together, my, my wife and I and, and her mother and dad and, and, and uh, uh, Jennifer and Edward. And there we were and thinking, how do we get this out of the ditch? Man, we, we, put, we put rocks under there to get some traction out of the mud. Uh, we put carpet under there to get, and it just shot the carpet right out. <laughs> we, we found some other building material, shot it right out. And the more we did, the deeper the hole got, and the closer to the neighbor's fence and ruining the fence it got. And all of us, you know, we, 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 had a little, we had one little strand nylon rope, you know, that you'd be lucky to walk the dog successfully with that. And then, then we had some old uh, electrical cord. It's a long extension cord, about 100 feet or so or longer. We, we had some cord, and we, we decided to, to make it more than one strand, band it up about, about five or six different loops. And we hooked one up to the, uh, to the back of the Jeep, and we hooked one up to the back of the truck. And, and we said, if we could just get a little traction, if we could just get a little pull on this... And while they were pulling, using the electrical cord now, okay, with about five or six strands together, I was standing far enough out of the way that if that sucker slung out of there, I wouldn't be going whoop glory, you know. And while I was watching, Brother Willie, the cord popped once. They kept pulling it. It, it, it popped twice. And then it, it, it was just long enough of, this, of the tension of the cord and the strength of the three, four, four five-ply cord to get the truck out of the ditch. And then the cord was absolutely useless. And I say all that to tell you that when we come in the presence of God, prayer is powerful. That's one strand. Giving is powerful. That's another strand. But if you combine in your walk with God, prayer and giving and occasional fasting, denying your flesh to spend time with God for answers, it is strong and powerful and it will get your ox out of the ditch every time. Somebody ought to praise the Lord. I have a question here. Could we be missing our greatest breakthrough as Christians because we fail to fast? On one occasion in Mark's Gospel, chapter 4, Jesus told about the sower who went out to sow seeds. And he said he threw the seed out on the ground. And he spoke about three different kinds of soil. And he said as a result of the different kind of soil, some of the ground yielded 30-fold return of the seed thrown out. Another portion of the ground yielded a 60-fold return. And then another portion of the soil, which was a better portion, yielded a 100-fold return of what was sown. I would ask you to look at it this way. When you pray, you can release a 30-fold return blessing on your life. Can I get an amen? When you give to God your tithe and your offerings... And your charitable arms and you give up your time and your talent and your treasure. You can, along with prayer and giving, reap a 60-fold blessing. Anybody hearing me? 
But when all three, giving, praying, and fasting are part of your disciplined Christian life, then I believe you can release a hundredfold return of answers for your needs. If Jesus could have accomplished all he came to do without fasting, why would he fast? You thought of that? The Son of God fasted because he knew there were supernatural things that could not be released except through prayer and fasting. Let me hasten. Let me review from last week just very quickly. Here's a definition, only because of a reminder. Fasting is a voluntary withdrawing from food and or drink or other fleshly appetite for a specified period of time. I, I, please, I don't want to come back next time to make another apology, so I'm going to be real careful. <laughs> Truly, I find it hard to find in Scripture that fasting TV is a legitimate fast. <laughs> I, I really find it hard that fasting video games, I'm not going to play video games for a week. You'd be better off, sir, not to watch TV and play video game for a week, even if you won fasting, nothing. I feel it. Oh, now, yes. <laughs> Some jokers have come along and just made it real easy for people to just fast. Fast chocolate. Look at us. We all need a fast chocolate. That's not real fast. Fasting is withdrawing from food and or drink or other fleshly appetite for a specified period of time for a spiritual purpose. Here again, let me clarify. It's abstinence with a spiritual goal in mind. Give me a witness, somebody. Abstinence from anything that hinders our communion with God. And that may include TV. That may include video games. That may include chocolate. But don't just turn the TV off and quit and turn the video off and just sit down and think, okay, come Holy Spirit. Pray. Seek God. Can I get another amen here? I told you last week, and I will not belabor it for the need to go on for the rest of this lesson. There are three kinds of fast mentioned in the Bible. A normal fast, a partial fast, and an absolute fast. A normal fast consists of one day, maybe uh, two days or three days where you do without food, and all you have is water or juices. If you are new into this fasting thing, just try it for one day. Just try from sunrise to sunset with no food, just water and juices, and build up your faith as you fast and pray, and the time you gave up for the meals, take your Bible, go someplace and use that time for prayer and seeking God. And a partial fast. Some of you cannot fast a normal fast because of your physical limitations. You are not well and you have certain medicines you need to take and certain diets you need to be on. This is not a legalistic thing, okay? I'm saying to you, if you, if you struggle with high blood pressure and you have to have medicine or you struggle with diabetes or other things, then don't do these kinds of things. Just ask the doctor what you can do. Just turn up your prayer life. Can I get an amen? Okay, go ahead, eat your meal. Maybe you want to, don't want to eat as large a portion. Give me another amen here. But, but in the, just don't give up. Uh, just say, well, I'm a diabetic or I'm sick and I can't do this. Here's what to do. Go and during the week of the 18th to the 22nd, begins Monday week, go someplace. Even if you're a diabetic and you can't fast, take that time during the day, three times, one time a day or however, and spend it getting to know God. Listen, brothers and sisters, God doesn't need help getting to know us. Can I get an amen? I'm telling you the truth. God doesn't need help getting to know us. He knows us by name, by social security number. He doesn't need it. He even, the Bible says, knows the number of hair on our head. How many agree he doesn't have a hard time knowing me? God doesn't need help in knowing about me, but I need help in knowing about my Heavenly Father. I need help in expressing my love for Him. 
When I spend time with God, it show, He shows me some things about me that otherwise I don't want to see. Give me an amen, somebody. When I spend time with God, it's like a spiritual detoxification. I don't mean to get carnal here, but you all know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's like a spiritual cleansing. You know, people, they take all kind of giant elephant-sized pills to get a detox. And that's okay if that helps you. I remember as a boy growing up, our parents once a month used to give us some kind of tea made from some leaves. I don't, again, this is kind of carnal, but I just, I'm just not sophisticated. As children, innocent little playing children. On Saturdays, they won't tell us what Saturday it is. Y'all thinking what I'm thinking. Anybody know what I, if I say the runs, y'all know what that means? We had tea that morning and we're thinking it's a normal Saturday. And next thing you know, how many know physical detoxing is very good? I'm telling you. Cleansing. We, our body's taking toxins and preservatives. I'm telling you that if you fasted only for the physical benefit, you'd still be blessed. There are toxins and poisons that go into our system that lodge there, that complicate our health and frustrate our well-being. That a time of water and fasting and prayer and the proper diet can give us not only a spiritual detoxing, but a physical blessing also. Give me an amen, somebody. But here's the point. The point is this. I know that God knows me. But oh God, I want to know you. And I want to know me better. So that I can be better. I need, to, I need to progress here and move on to say to you that as I study the Word of God, do you know when I, when I think about the Word of God and this thing of prayer and fasting, the problem that got us into the mess we're in because of sin and the Garden of Eden was all about food? Am I right? Satan didn't appear to even say, look at this beautiful sapphire stone you can have if you'll just come on to my side. Because God didn't want you to be like him, so he's put some l- l- rules on you. And the only reason God put rules on Adam and Eve is because he protected them. Right? But Satan kind of worms his way, the old snake that he is, and comes to her and says, If you eat of the fruit, the stomach. I like what Jensen Franklin says. He says, in this thing of fasting, we've got we to uh, crucify king stomach. King's stomach has got us in the problem we in. So Eve took off the fruit, the food, and ate it and sinned. And she gave it to her husband. And as a result, they literally ate themselves out of house and home. No more in the garden. Can I get an amen? The Bible speaks of Esau, one of the sons of Jacob. Esau being the firstborn of the sons of by tradition and by godly instruction and practice, the firstborn always got a larger portion of the father's estate, a double portion, than the rest of the family. But Esau came in one day because he was a hunter by practice and didn't find any game. And Jacob had been at home. He's a shepherd. And he was preparing a pot of lentils, stew. Let me tell you something about fasting. When you fast, you ought not to look at TV, really, because you'll see more food commercials. I'm telling you, red lobster ain't look so redder and better than when you're fasting. Don't tempt yourself. Can I get an amen? 
Esau comes on the heels of a full day of hunting and no game, nothing to eat. And he smells the aroma and the savor of a pot of lentils. And he says, give me something, my brother, to eat. Well, Jacob was a snake in the grass too. He was a crooked rascal. And he says, I'll give it to you if you give me the privilege of getting the double blessing. I'm the second born, but if you, I'll give you this food. If when my father decide and gets ready to give us his inheritance, our inheritance, I get the double portion. And for satisfying his stomach temporarily, Esau gave up his blessing. Did I, did I get a witness here? Sodom and Gomorrah, among the sins that were prevalent in Sodom and Gomorrah, adultery, fornication, homosexuality, lust, murder, everything. God itemized among their sins, Ezekiel 16 and, and verses 49 and 50, that one of the sins of Sodom and Gomorrah, for which they suffered the judgment of God, was a sin of gluttony. On more than one occasion, Israel sinned through king's stomach. You remember when God gave them manna from heaven while they were wandering in the wilderness, and every morning to get up and go and get uh, uh, manna, bread-like substance? And they got tired of the bread and they asked for meat. And then when they got the meat, they gorged themselves so much on the meat. God had already said, don't only eat what you can take and don't make plans for tomorrow. I'll send more tomorrow. They gorged themselves on the meat and they became so sick, they became repulsive to them. Some of us have ate certain kinds of food over the years. And we gorged ourselves. We don't want to see another one of them plates. Come on and say it. All of us have been here. That's what Israel did. And, and I'm saying all that to tell you that the, the flesh needs to be conquered. And I, I'm saying this, and I need to move on with haste. There are dimensions of our glorious King, Jesus Christ. There are dimensions with Him that will never be revealed to the casual or the disinterested worshiper. Say Amen. There are walls of intercession, brothers and sisters, that will never be scaled by dispassionate religious service. But when you take steps to break out of the ordinary and worship God as He deserves, when you begin to see facets of that deeper walk with God and pursue it, you'll find that God exists in ways to bless you that you'd have wished you'd explored earlier. Somebody say amen. I hasten. Okay, so the purpose of fasting. I'm going to move through these a little faster because I want to get us to, to the end of our com- to this service so we can make a commitment together as a church. Fasting to get freedom from addiction. Somebody say amen. I talked about that last week. I won't tarry. Fasting to solve problems. Anybody ever had a problem? I know we're being facetious here, but raise your hands. Raise your hand. If you ever had a heavy burden, has God ever helped you say amen? But there are some burdens that are heavier than the regular heavy burdens. And prayer and fasting combines to remove them. I spoke to you last week about fasting for revival and soul winning. And here's the thing of another dimension of why we should fast. Fasting to conquer mental and emotional problems. Somebody say amen. We're sitting beside a person yesterday at a reception of a wedding. And she works in a nurse's office. And therefore, uh, pardon me, she works in the doctor's office among the nurses that are there. And she said to us, I didn't elicit this response, she said, more and more there are people coming to our offices, Pastor, 
and younger people and people who look like everything is okay. And when we check for why they come to see the physician, it has to do with depression, depression, depression. Anybody here with me? She said, Pastor, she told me yesterday of a, of a young man who has a twin brother. And her son uh, is a friend to these two other young men who are twins. And they told us yesterday that this twin, one of the twins, was to be 21 years old in a couple weeks. And they found him this past Friday morning having hung himself because he found no reason to live. I want to tell you something, brothers and sisters. The devil is such a devil that we could come to church looking our finest, wearing our best smile, our best clothes. We can drive good cars, live in a nice house, put on an outside facade. But in our mind, there is warfare and there is anxiety and there is panic and there is hopelessness. And I want to tell you, God wants you to have the mind of Christ. Fasting and prayer can give you the mind of Jesus. I I tell you by the blood of Jesus Christ, when you fast and pray, the Bible says, think on those things that are good and just and pure and lovely and of a good report. Somebody say amen. What's going on in your mind in the morning will dictate how you start your day. What's going on in your mind in midday will dictate how you spend your midday. If you're thinking on the things that are good and just and pure and lovely. No weapon formed against your mind shall prosper. Somebody give the Lord praise. You don't need to go to bed anxious. You don't need to have nightmares and horrific dreams. When you pillow your head at night, you say a little simple prayer and say, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, keep my mind safe tonight and my family. And God will do it. But you got to fast and pray along the way. Fasting to meet physical needs of ourselves and others. Can I get an amen? You know what fasting will do? It'll lay somebody else on your heart to deal with and share with others. Give me an amen, somebody. Oh, some of the greatest testimonies from prayer and fasting that I've heard in my ministry and from other people who have done it is that they were fasting for their need, their hurt, their pain, their loss, their finances. And the Holy Ghost told them, go minister to somebody else. Y'all didn't hear me, did you? The Holy Ghost told them like the widow who was preparing her last meal for she and her son because there was a famine in the land and they were going to eat that last meal and die like the rest of the people. And the man of God shows up and said, give me a biscuit. Isn't it just like God to test us when we are at our lowest and we have our last dime? Help me preach here. I'll do it by myself. Yeah. So in this time of fasting and praying, if your heart's really searching for God, he's going to tell you to take that last $10 and share five of it with somebody else. If he does, you ought to do it. I feel a glory on this bald head. Yeah. That's how God tests us. You see, it's easy to give $10 if you got 100 It's easy to give five if you got 500 But sometimes God says, I want to see if, you can re- if I can really trust you with a little. Because if I can trust you with a little, if you can share what little you have, I'll make sure you have enough for every time you come back to the place of need and I'll supply it. Somebody say amen. So, so fasting not only meets our physical need, but it helps us to, to make the phone call and tell somebody we care about you and love you. Can I get an amen? It may even help us to call somebody up and say, do you need a ride to the doctor? I'll make the time and take you there. Somebody else say amen. It may even call us up and put somebody in our mind. It's somebody who is providing care for an elderly person or a handicapped person, and they need to get out of the house for two hours to go to Walmart. God may show you and say, why don't you go over on Saturday, give two hours, let them go to Walmart, let them get out of the house 
cross. How many know that's true servant-like, Christ-like ministry? Thank you, Jesus. My, my point is that fasting is more than just about us. Here's another thought, please, from the book of Isaiah chapter 58 is where I get these scriptures. Fasting for clearer insight in decision making. Somebody else say amen. Don't you dare marry that person until you're checked by the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you. I don't care if he looks like Don Juan or she looks like Cinderella. Because looks ain't everything. (laughs) Some of you didn't want to say amen because you're thinking it. If looks were everything, Valerie and I probably wouldn't still be married now if it's all she based. Because after I said I do, it went downhill for my appearance. And good for me that I said I do. So, so what I'm saying to you is, if you'll check by the Holy Ghost, I don't care if, he's, if this potential groom has cattle on a thousand hills. Make sure he ain't rustled none of them. Save me and you a lot of heartache. And fast and pray over those kind of decisions. Fast and pray over selling the house and moving out of town. Fast and pray about the next job offer. Can can I get a witness here? Fast and pray for decision making. And and, and I can go on. Number seven, very, very quickly. Fasting for health reasons, for healing. Would you join me this next Monday week? And would you put somebody else on your list other than you? And ask God to heal them. Can I get an amen? There's some people who can't fast. Because they can't. They're physically unable. The Bible says we, we who are strong should pray for those who are weak. Here's what God does. He'll put somebody on your mind. And say raise them up Lord. You are never more like Jesus. Than when you're giving. And so say God. Well I need healing for my pains. I'm telling you. I laugh at myself a lot of times because the only other option is to cry. There are aches and places going on in my life that I didn't even know I had in my body. Somebody told me, uh, oh, God, help me out. I'm being transparent with you because I can't tell your story. You know, medicine, wouldn't it be great about medicine if you could just pop it and in 10 minutes you got the answer? For like joints and places where it hurts. And I, I'll just tell you this. I, I've had this problem in my elbow for three months. This, this, and it may be because I'm so dramatic in my preaching. If I wouldn't sling my arms and scatter spit everywhere, we'd have people sitting closer to the front and my harm would be better. But I've had this elbow problem for three months. Went to the doctor. He told me what to do and I'm trying to do it. And then... Somebody told me I should drink some substance that you can get over the counter. It tastes like, oh, Lord. I don't care if it's raspberry, cranberry, apple. It's nasty. You know, the thing about life is most stuff nasty is good for you. I mean, nasty tasted. And if it's good tasted, spit it out because it'll give you fat. I've been drinking this thing for a little while now and. I do declare, Josh, I think it's gotten worse. I begin to think this elbow is starting to have a problem, too. But you know what? I say that jokingly, but I say it that I need to keep drinking it if it helps, because you have to build up. Can I get a witness here? 
You need to take, keep taking your medicines because it's supposed to help you build up. That's why you need to keep building up your prayer life, building up your fasting life, and building up your... Oh, well, I fasted for three hours today. I'm looking for, I'm looking for that mega million. What is wrong with you? Where were you born? In the barn? Oh, God, I gave up orange juice. Thank you, Jesus, that now I'm going to get that raise. You do that accidentally. You weren't even fasting. Stay at it. It's good that we're laughing because when we start this fast, we're going to need to laugh. Fasting for more righteous and influential testimony. I asked you last week, and I'll ask you again as I try to wrap this up in a little bit. Listen. Are you close to Jesus as you once were? Do you find yourself hungering and thirsting for Scripture and for reading the Bible as you used to? Is your light shining as brightly as it once did? If not, do a spiritual check. Fast and pray. This is fasting for the glory of the Lord to protect us from the evil one. Amen, church? And so, let me, let me, let me move into the challenge, the benefits of fasting are numerous, and I'm not going to preach this. I'm just going to put it here for you to see. When you fast, you have more time to pray. When you fast, your heart becomes attentive to God. Because David said in Psalm 42, as the heart, H-A-R-T, meaning another word for the word deer, the animal, the deer, as the heart pants, for the water brooks. So panted my soul after thee, O God. Think about a deer running from the hunter. Bow and arrow, rifle, or whatever. Back then in David's day would be the bow and arrow. A deer who have hunters pursuing it. Leaps and runs through the thickets and the bush and the briar. making enough distance from the potential injury and death of the hunter. The next only thing he could think about is water, water, water. As the hunted deer pants for water, so my soul longs for you. Fasting demonstrates our seriousness to God. Narrows our focus on spiritual things. I'll move beyond this slide to take you to the challenge. The challenge is on the front of your worship folder, call to prayer and fasting, January 18 to 22nd. On the front of it, it gives you resources. Some of you will do the Daniel fast for three days, five days, seven days. We have for you a list of foods that are included in the Daniel fast and a list of food that is to be excluded. It is at the Welcome Center. I have for you this booklet, if you'd like. I don't have one for everyone, but maybe you could share that. It's The Power of Fasting. It's put together by Dr. David Cooper, who's a senior pastor of Mount Perrin Church of God Central. It's a tool. You may take this and prepare yourself this week as you read a tool. We've published for you on the front page two websites of prayer and fasting. I just want you to be ready. So do you know the power? And then in the inside of the 
worship folder, you have this. And it may be available also at the atrium and the entrance. Would you today, or before you fast, this is a fasting contract. I borrowed this from Jensen Franklin. He's made it available on his website. You can find it there. And it says, my cause or reason for fasting. Please hear me now. If you don't target anything, you're not going to hit anything. If you just say, bless me, God, bless me, God, he will bless you. But there are some things that you got to specifically target. i got to have help for my marriage. My son or daughter is in captivity in a lifestyle that could destroy them. I'm about to lose my mind. Lord, there's a temptation, a sin that I haven't overcome. Write them down. You're not giving this to me to read. You're not exposing any public things to me. I'm wanting you to keep it. Write down the reasons. Put it, put it down on paper. And when you go with your Bible to pray, insert this and pray. Use the back side. Write it down. I got my list already started. I don't mind telling you, the top of my list is Lakeland James Worley. Grandson on the way. But I have a lot of other things on my list. Here's the beauty of it. Y'all can put me on your list. I hope you do. I hope you put me on your list. I have major, major challenges. Major opportunities I have as your shepherd that are disguised as impossibilities. Did you hear me? I have major opportunities. The devil has disguised them in the form of impossibilities and said, Don't even go there, Mr. Preacher. But I'm going there in Jesus' name. Write. Write it down. Then, right when you begin, if you're only going to fast one day, write it down. It's you and God contract. You and God. I mean, if you don't make a commitment, you ain't going to be called responsible for nothing. Make a commitment, you and God. And then the rest of it is self-explanatory. Write it down. Pray for our church. Did you hear me? Second on my list. But my personal list is what to do about our building program. I'm going to tell you this because you'll know how to pray with me. We are presently paying off a debt of about $1.9 million and we're doing well at paying it off. But in order to build the first phase of the next building, just the first phase, will be about $4 million. And if you tie that into four and the six million, four million that we need to have for the first phase and the two million that we owe, it's about six. And so financially, I'm looking for the answer I think I have the I, I mean, the builders are plentiful and the banks God helping us will get them but I I want to see all of us together worshipping together amen. in one place and bringing more people in can I get an amen, amen. Uh, comfortably you can only sit about 350 people in here 405 well we can get 450 comfortably and so we, we last Sunday I think as cold as it was we had 877 our average for before Christmas was over 900 I like to see all of us come in in one service then I like to see more people come in after that so, I don't want you to think I'm dragging my feet. I just want you to know I'm looking for some answers. Wisdom. So, pray for our church and all of our ministries and then make a commitment. Stand, would you? Make a commitment. Everybody, everybody stand. Oh, blessed be the Lord. Blessed be the Lord. Take this with you. You can deal with it today or tomorrow. Sign it, stick it in your Bible. But 
do commit. Do make up your mind. And understand that if I always do what I've always done, I'll always get what I've always got. Change me, Jesus. Change my heart, God. Bow with me. Whatever chorus you have after this, Pastor Zach and the choir will sing in a moment. Bow with me, everybody. Lord Jesus, I'm more than them. Need to search my heart. But we together, us, need to do the same. It'll be easy for us to say he's talking to somebody else. But God, let us not take the easy road. Let us take the road Jesus traveled. And the same God that empowered his son to overcome the world and the flesh and the devil will empower us. So, Lord, I want to surrender today. I want to surrender any and everything that will distract me from your best for us. And I want to ask the church, in an act of surrender, in the posture of surrender, raise up your hands to the Lord and even lift your heads heavenward and offer him a prayer this morning of whatever fashion you'd like in response to this word. Tell him, say, God, you know that I want to. If that's your desire, you know that I need to help me, Lord. Come on, pray, uh, pray above just enough for you to hear yourself prayer so the enemy wouldn't distract you by, by think, causing your mind to wander. Come on, Lord, uh, uh, show me what to fast over. Come on, begin to tell him that. Show me what to fast about. Show me how long I should do it. Give me the capacity to carry somebody else in my prayer uh, list, oh God. Come on. God, deliver me from uh, just thinking about my world and my family. And let me think about the whole world. Oh, Lord Jesus, there are some of us who feel like uh, that you won't even notice us. But yes, you will because you love us. We are not going to make this a braggadocious fast. We are not going to blare a trumpet on the housetop and have people pat us on the back. But as a church together, we're going to encourage each other. I bless you, Jesus. I praise you, Lord worship you. Amen? Hey, hey, look at me just a minute. I, I know, uh, oh Lord, I'm going on and on. Forgive me, but, but hear me. Some, some of the ways I pray, and I want to encourage you to pray, some of the ways I pray, Brother Willie, is about terrorism. I do. I really pray that God protects America. And one of the ways I've been praying, and you have too, is God reveal the plans of the terrorists before they get to execute it. I kid you not. I pray for our country that way. And I'm saying that's what happened on Christmas Day over Detroit on a Delta Northwest flight. God allowed the plan of the would-be terrorists not to be executed, but to give us enough information to know that they may still be out there and they're out there. That's, you know, God's not doing that for America because we're, we got all Americans so righteous. God's doing it because of people like you who pray for the safety of America, even though... Go ahead and give him praise. Please hear me. As a nation, and I'm not reflecting on this administration alone. I'm talking about as a nation and a government and people. Over the years, we have taken God out of our schools. We've taken the Ten Commandments out of our government building. We have removed the manger scene out of, of public uh, uh, property. We have, done, we have cursed God and welcomed other religions. So God don't owe us nothing. 
Pardon the grammar, the double negative. If, if it was based on the righteousness of America and the favor of government and the favor of talk show hosts and the blessings on America, if it was based on America's morality that we were getting blessed, we deserve Sodom and Gomorrah kind of treatment. But for the remnant's sake, but for the righteous sake, but for a few people at South Metro and elsewhere, God is going to foil the plans of the enemy against us. Yeah. Oh, blessed Jesus, sing my brother, before we go. Lift your hands. Breathe on me, come on. This is our closing song. Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday and Thursday night. Here's what I saw in my mind as you were just singing. I saw a picture of unity. Take somebody by the hand. Here's a picture of unity. When we sing this for the last time, we're going to sing, Breathe on us, Holy Spirit. Come in and change us. Take somebody by the hand. If you're physically able, lift that hand together. Just sing it now. Breathe on us. Spirit of unity. Come on. This is the unity of the body. Us. Sunday morning, an anointing with oil service. That's going to come. God bless you. Stay warm. Be very careful as you exit. Have a great day.